0: You're listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. Hi there, everyone. I'm Matt Brock. Welcome to another edition of Inside Healthcare. Exciting day today, and I'll tell you why, because we're going to talk social determinants of health, and our guest kind of joked like, yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a real sleeper kind of joke, that, and I told her, no, what you're doing is exciting, and so... Sheila Shapiro has been kind enough to join us for Inside Healthcare today. She is the Senior Vice President of National Strategic Partnerships for United Healthcare Clinical Services, and uh, she joins us today. So we are here to talk about the social determinants of health. You know what that means, I know what that means, and you could take a guess, and probably most of our listeners know what that means. But for those two people in Poughkeepsie who don't know, tell us what social determinants of health are.
1: Well, really, social determinants of health are the places where people grow up, where they live, where they grow old, and where they die. And all of those factors are really those barriers or those those things that are actually beneficial in helping people live healthier lives.
0: And so when we talk about things that when we talk about things that could be drawbacks, it could be even something as hereditary, <laughs> my family, uh, heart issues. But ad- positive could be um, that they tend to be low-weight people or they have family support at home to take them to doctors or for child care, that sort of thing.
1: Um, you know, really as it relates to your genes, um, people really equate that more to the medical side okay. of health insurance. But it's those factors outside of your healthcare, which are things like paying for utilities or transportation or the food you have access to, or maybe that you don't have access to, that really now people are starting to understand play an enormous factor in your overall health. So all of those influences that are external to keeping you healthy now we, as United Healthcare, are starting to to think about how do we assist people with those things that are really activities of daily living um, that may be getting in the way of better health. For
0: instance, give me a for instance.
1: So, for instance, um, transportation is a, a major barrier uh, in many of our populations today, and if you don't have transportation, it's very difficult to get to the doctor to get to the uh, grocery store that may be five miles away that has fresh fruits and vegetables. And if, the, if transportation is that barrier, then really it's very difficult for you to take care of your health. Another example would be, um, you know, if you're a, a 75-year-old um, female that I'll call Janet, um, if, if, in fact, you're really worried about paying for your utilities, but you have to refrigerate your insulin, um, well, you may not get your insulin because you're making a trade-off decision on whether to keep the lights on for yourself and keep your refrigerator going or really picking up your medicine. And those shouldn't be the trade-off decisions that people need to make when we're talking about better overall health care. And At United Healthcare, we're really thinking about the whole person. Um, we believe that all of those those considerations around your healthcare really are things we should start to think about when we want people to live healthier lives, which is our mission.
0: Are you including these social determinant considerations? And we're going to talk about how you uh, document them and how you share them, but. Are, you in, are they included in programs across the board for commercial, Medicaid, Medicare, or are we just working in a certain environment
1: initially? That's a wonderful question. We wanted to see if we could build a model and scale it across the country that actually could work not by product, but by socioeconomic needs. And it really doesn't matter what product you have from an insurance perspective, we believe that we have the opportunity to scale this across the different product lines.
0: So what are you doing? Running vans back and forth (laughs) to the doctor's office? What are you doing?
1: So that's a great question. And what we we began to do with our model over four years ago is look at how we can capture the information when a consumer tells us that they have a need. Uh, And we find that at many, many points in the continuum of care, uh, members tell us that they have a need that's really outside of a traditional benefit. Um, those things could be examples like utilities or transportation if they don't have that benefit. Um, we, we assist them with food, which is a, a very large um, component of what we do. We look at um, things like isolation, and really people's inability to get out of their home has an enormous impact on their overall health. These kinds of things were not really um, previously being thought about in the delivery of care. And so we began a program by identifying all those individuals who tell us that they have a need. Many, many, many of our employees were helping people get those services. But that information really didn't have a voice because there aren't codes in the system. Mm-hmm. There isn't a language of social determinants that's standardized that would allow the healthcare system to actually understand what that need is and be able to solve for it in a more holistic way. So we created a, a design model that allows us to capture that information wherever that Person tells us that they need assistance and we basically give it a voice by leveraging ICD-10 codes those ICD-10 diagnostic codes that exist today are what doctors use when you go into a, 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 to see them right they they say here is what we see your conditions are and what we're seeking to do is start to expand the definition of conditions um, somebody was already saying they love what I'm saying. That, that, that was is that what that, what that was? was? That was th- I'm sure that's what that was about. I, I,
0: I, think, our, uh, I think our director will uh, disagree with you and say <laughs> that's a bad host that didn't turn the audio <laughs> off on his computer. But um,
1: So as we actually capture that information and give it a voice, then what we're able to do is assist that member with making a referral to a community or governmental resource that can assist them with their particular need. So this is personalized care. This is understanding what you need today and trying to help you with that situation today.
0: There, and so what's happening then is some of your associates at United are reaching out to these folks or reaching out to government or to, to local charities and saying this person may need help or pointing the member to those services that's
1: that's exactly correct we will do whatever um, the member would like us to do sometimes a member wants to do that on their own and mm -hmm. so we give them that referral information of the agency that um, is available to help them for their particular need and sometimes people need some extra help um there they may feel like um They don't know how to navigate an even more complex labyrinth of social agencies, and so we actually assist them with with finding that right um, agency and making sure that that service actually is something that can assist them.
0: Thereby improving access, not to just care, but to better health. Right? That's what we're talking about. That's exactly what
1: we're talking about.
0: And so uh, let me ask you this. How are your, um, initially, the providers who are writing these codes uh, or, you know, about their patients mm-hmm. now? or get th- What are you hearing from them? Are they pleased about mm-hmm. it? You know, we, th- we talk a lot about the EHRs around right. here. So uh, are they okay with that? Is so they-
1: you know what we found out when we first started doing this work is we were receiving millions of claims. So doctors, when they're identifying them, not every single situation, but certainly there's a significant part of the physician community that are already identifying what's available to code and they're including it as a diagnosis on a claim. What that allows us to do for those providers who are actually doing that already is we're mining that information and we're now able to make um, those social referrals off of those codes. Mm we saw that there weren't enough ICD-10 codes to really define the key social barriers that we were dealing with. And were so, they
0: just too general? for?
1: Um, some just don't exist. Oh, okay. Some are too general. Like with food and um, wa- uh, drinking water, there is a code that exists in the ICD coding set, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really at that level so the level of specificity on whether somebody might need an emergency food box versus i really need long-term assistance with food stamps gets lost in translation Mm -hmm. and so we know that this is a journey and so we for the industry made a recommendation to the icd-10 committee to expand those codes so that not only we at united could start to assist in this arena but really, so the industry could begin to think about that next concentric circle of health.
0: We're talking with uh, Sheila Shapiro of United Healthcare, and she lied to me straight up and told me this wasn't interesting. So <laughs> <laughs> tell me, do you think this also, adding this to the ICD 10 mm-hmm. codes or, and increasing them, do you think that also helps the, the provider? The physician, the clinician, also to be more mindful of this stuff that's going on outside their walls. Is there?
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't want to speak for for the physician community, but Mm -hmm. I do believe that many of them want to have solutions for their patients. Mm -hmm. There really isn't a great mechanism today for them to share that information with us as a payer, and for us to share what we're doing for their patients with them as it relates to these social referrals. So what we've done at United is um, created an interim code set that allows us to capture information that isn't already available in the ICD-10 coding. Mm -hmm. And now we're able to bring that information not only in from a provider, if they're capturing that, and many, many of them are, um, but we are now able to share that information back with them. Not just that there's a barrier and that, you know, Sheila may need assistance with um, food, but that we've already made a referral to a particular agency. And then that agency name, address, and phone number is now made available to the physician. So that if that issue comes up when I go back into the doctor's office and nutrition plays such a big uh, you know, component of health, then the doctor knows, one, that I may have a food insecurity, but that, two, they can help remind me that I have a, a potential option um, that could assist me because sometimes it's a little overwhelming to try and navigate all of those things that are really out there um, in a in a very fragmented social um, safety network, um, and that that's where we're finding many people, while they are they need help and they're interested in getting that additional assistance, they don't really know where to start. And as we've developed this program, we found uh, in the first uh, year and a half that we ran this work, and now we're we're expanding it across. Um, our Medicaid population, as well as our Medicare population. But purely in Medicaid, we found over a million people had told us that they needed help with at least one social uh, intervention. And we were able to make referrals on over 700,000 of those requested services.
0: That, that's kind of sad. Uh, but then at the same time, exhilarating because we now we're wonderful. addressing it yeah it's
1: because we're finding these areas of health that can be addressed and as we start to think about how that information gives voice in the healthcare system we believe it's just the start because knowing that services were actually delivered is a really key component of the entire process and so I liken it to going to the doctor and them diagnosing you with um, a condition where you might need a prescription and they make that referral so now we're making those social Mm -hmm. referrals but you have to avail yourself of picking up the prescription and if you can't pick up that prescription because you can't afford it or you're really making trade-offs between whether to keep the, the your utilities on or pay for your prescriptions, then it's impacting your health and it's impacting your doctor's ability to actually assist you in the best way that they can.
0: Mm-hmm. To succeed in keeping you healthy. That's so exactly speak. right. So what is um, the sort of next steps? Uh, and do you think your, we'll call them your competitors for now, but the folks in your, you think mm-hmm. others are gonna follow suit, they're gonna see, That this works?
1: You know, we believe that uh, in order for this to work, the industry has to think about this in a different way. And we know uh, many of our competitors are doing wonderful things in this space. In order to do it at scale, we have to have a common lexicon and we have to have a way to share that information in the system, just like you would it, the concept of knowing that you have diabetes. Right. Um, if you have diabetes and you have a food insecurity we all know that that has an impact on your health but if in fact we can't f- assist you with getting that food and that nutritious food that you need then we can continue to try and fix you on the back end where really we're talking about How do we begin to help people be healthier along the way so that they can lead healthier lives?
0: So what we're trying to do is get everybody else on the train. That's that's right. That's what it sounds like. So what has to happen for that? Is there a CMS thing that has to happen or?
1: There is. And so we uh, United made a recommendation last summer to the ICD-10 committee, um, which meets a couple times a year and they're actually meeting tomorrow Mm-hmm. Um, here in, in Baltimore, and right. we'll be making uh, that recommendation to at least start that process of expanding the codes for the industry. So we've made a recommendation to expand those codes by 23. That doesn't just help uh, United, that helps all of us. Um, we're, we're going to be hosting a summit with other payers in April at, at the United off- Corporate Offices in Minnesota to really start to understand if we can get the industry moving in that direction for code adoption because we believe that it, when you have a common language, you can start to work on these problems more holistically.
0: Thank you, Sheila Shapiro, for joining us today. I think it's very interesting and please keep us Uh, you know up to date on how it's progressing and how uh, we can help tell the story of what you're trying to do because uh, I do think that it will be helpful and I um, and in the end it's good for all of us it may you know it lowers cost if we can keep people healthy and uh, and uh, and of course any way we can help people break down those walls between them and care Um, and sometimes the walls are silly we're just afraid to talk to people but it's not silly if you're afraid, right? That's
1: exactly right. So
0: thank you so much. And it's interesting that you uh, you talk about a common language because I think our guest for our next episode will also want to talk about a common language. We want to remind you for the next Inside Healthcare to tune in because it's a first. It's Peggy O'Kane, our own president, here at NCQA. She'll enter the NCQA studios and she'll deliver her thoughts on the latest policy issues, some you might expect. Some you might not, but I know common language will be um, a big part of that, especially when it comes to electronic quality measurement and and how we collect that data. So I know she has a lot to discuss on that, and that's going to be her first issue to discuss. She'll be here with our policy director, Frank Michike. That's on the next edition of Inside Healthcare. Thank you again, Sheila, for joining us, and thank you for listening. I'm sure we'll see you again no doubt.